Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Building from the Bottom podcast. I'm your host, Gareth Rafferty, and this is Chapter 4, Episode 9. Thank you and welcome. This week, we have a guest, Sam Winsbury, and, well, I'll let him tell you guys what he does. <laughs> Thanks, Gareth. Thanks, Gareth. Appreciate it. Yes, yeah, so I, in probably the shortest way I can put it, help CEOs and founders create personal brands, typically in the B2B space using, you know, LinkedIn is, is kind of the big one. But yeah, that's a, probably the quickest intro I can give for myself. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. It's a little bit hard, really, because I know you on a personal level. So trying to convey that to the other people that are <laughs> listening to this podcast, I'm sure we'll do a great job. So <laughs> take us back. I'm all about seeing people's journey. Take us back to when you first realized that maybe starting a business is for you. It was actually, for me, it was quite early on. Probably the first hint of it, I guess, was during my A-levels. So um, how old is that? 17, must've been 17, 16, 17 at the time. Um, a friend and I literally just had an interest in psychology. There was nothing really beyond that. And we, it wasn't offered at our school. So we quite simply just started writing blogs around psychology for kind of other people our age, trying to simplify things. Um, I think that was probably the first point that started that continued over the next couple of years and obviously trying to grow a blog you naturally come across marketing you know, we didn't really have an end goal with it other than to get readers to, to read our our blogs but through that I stumbled across um, marketing in general and kind of fell in love with it I guess always yeah had an interest in psychology went on to study at uni obviously so um, I guess that passion was there and led me into marketing ended up working on kind of a few marketing projects whilst I was at uni in kind of first year uh, doing free work where I could just getting pretty much any experience I can uh, or I could and yeah that was that was how it all started I guess. That's super interesting so where is that blog today? I don't even know if it's still live if if it's live it will be called psychlife.com I think. Um, we started it was originally called the young psychologist and then we changed it to psych life um but i'm not even sure if if the page is still active today i have to ask my friend that i was writing it with um, but i haven't haven't written anything on there for years now unfortunately that's that's so cool so you said that this kind of came about when you were looking at your options for A-level GCSEs, that sort of time. And for those people, if anyone's listening that's in America, that's obviously that 16, 17 age where you're starting to become an adult and that part of your life. So when you were at that age, what happened? Like what, what were your thoughts? What were your emotions? around entrepreneurship in general or or kind of my future just both like what did you expect it to grow what what were your expectations of that yeah i think and this is probably one of the reasons why it didn't last more than two years and, and why it wasn't overly successful is that we didn't really have an idea of where we wanted it to go um you know things kind of came and went but nothing serious was kind of put in, put in set in stone as to where we wanted it to go. Um, I didn't know that entrepreneurship was really a thing, something that I wanted to do. I had didn't really know at that stage. Um, so I guess 
I had no idea. You know, I kind of thought I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I, I went to uni on the basis of psychology is something I enjoy studying. So I might as well take it on at uni if I don't kind of know what else I wanted to do. Um, that was kind of the typical path that we were nudged towards, which I know is changing pretty much every year with less and less people or more and more people considering opportunities outside of uni. Um, but I had no idea. I think the first time I actually realized I wanted to have a business, run a business and be an entrepreneur. I was on, I was on a train, me and my missus were going away just a, a weekend away. I was on a train to the airport at kind of six, six thirty in the morning. I might've told you this story before. I can't remember. Um, it must've been in my first or second year at uni. Um, so kind of towards the end of, of when we were doing psych life, we were on this train at six thirty, and every single person, obviously there was people commuting then, Mm. Every single person looks miserable on this hour to hour commute into London. Um, and typically before that, all I really knew about was the corporate life. Um, but I saw their faces and I just thought, nah, there's no way I'm doing that for 40, 50 years of my life, however long it might be. So that was kind of the first sign for me that maybe I should start, you know, trying to build a business or being an entrepreneur and see if there's another way. Um, I don't think it's any less stressful. <laughs> it's probably the same amount of stress, if not more, um, probably more, but you have a little bit more control over your time and your freedom, I think, which was the main driver for me at the time. That's, that's really, really interesting. So just to stay around that sort of time when you started to look at entrepreneurship as potentially being an option for your future, hmm. did you feel like it was an innate drive? That, that was born into you or did you feel like it was some knowledge that you gained along the way because obviously I know that your your parents also have their own businesses and stuff like that yeah it's it's a really interesting point and actually I've thought a lot about this over the last kind of few months and the other day especially about whether entrepreneurship is something that you're are entrepreneurs born or can you kind of make one and I think the practical side of being an entrepreneur the kind of skills the things you have to do um you can definitely learn it. You know, it's, it's not, it's not even hard. I don't think it's something you'd learn just like biology or uh, maths or whatever in school. It's just not typically taught. So things like um, filing tax accounts, etc., um, copywriting, marketing, sales, etc. You can learn those skills just like any other skill. Um, the side that I think potentially has an element of being, um, innate if you like is the emotional mental side of things the resilience I guess you go through a lot of ups and downs as an entrepreneur and whether you can learn to cope with those I think some of it you can probably learn to a degree but I think there is kind of one part of it that maybe is born into entrepreneurs specifically you know the, the kind of resilience to bounce back the ability to keep going, even though you're not seeing results right now, you know, m most entrepreneurs go through years of being an entrepreneur without getting any results before they become successful. Um, so I think if you can stick with that, that shows something that maybe, well, that most people don't have and potentially that could be an eight. Um, I think there definitely is a small element at least of that in there. That's really interesting. So you think it's a bit above? Yeah. Yeah. Um, practical side. I mean, anyone can learn. I don't think 
any of that is is necessarily innate it's the emotional side that it's either a bit of both it may be completely innate but i think there's definitely at least some aspect of of being kind of a, a born entrepreneur there i guess mm. perhaps upbringing has a lot to do as well with it as well you know what your life is is like as a child probably has um a big effect on kind of how resilient you are the kind of values you hold whether you can stick with something even though you're not seeing results right now um that potentially has, has quite a big effect as well yeah yeah i get that so you you've talked about your stresses in entrepreneurship and you've talked about spending that time and not actually seeing results do you have any particular examples of how you've been in that situation yeah i mean i've tried to build a number of businesses over the last three four years um which relatively speaking is a short period of time um, a lot of entrepreneurs go nine ten years um but during that time fortunately i had kind of the safety net of being at uni and having a loan that i realized that this is a space where i can mess up and it doesn't really matter you know i've not got family or responsibilities or anything like that to kind of think about i can i can give things a shot and if it doesn't work fine and that was the case most of the way through um my my uni days so i think there's an element of not completely applying yourself as well um which as i've seen since leaving uni being able to completely devote myself to the business has obviously had you know massive results and and changed the course a lot um so yeah i mean there was kind of two probably two full years of not seeing results or trying things and failing um not having the right mindset i guess before i actually realized what, what you need to be an entrepreneur mm. i completely get that i mean when i was in first year similar experience to you tried to start a business it's the one i've still got now but for the first year and a half there was just nothing it was like tumbleweed and everything like absolutely nothing so i, I completely resonate with that yeah but you know the average person would go through that and they wouldn't even last a year and a half of it they probably last three months and then mm. bin it off. Um, which I guess I, maybe I did a few times with, with different ventures. Um, but I think you, you kind of have the, you have to have the resilience to keep going. Um, mm. Because most entrepreneurs, you know, you, you have the odd overnight success story, but for most people, it takes years for that to happen. Um, and I, I guess almost, happened to me, I guess, in the space of a few months, I kind of went from um, a nothing business to to quite a lot of clients and, and a lot of work. Uh, and that kind of took three years of uni to happen, which I think is probably a natural course for most people. Mm. That's, that's interesting. I mean, like, especially in our local area, there's Ben Francis, obviously, he's, he's built Gymshark, and it's huge, billions now which I don't know if you watched that video early on in uni, but I remember watching that and him talking about his experience whilst he was at uni, just about to come up to his final exams at Aston Uni. And then all of a sudden his business starts to boom and he just drops it on the day. It was like, doesn't even care about uni, just dropped yeah. it. What are your thoughts about that? If someone's at uni and their business starts to do well, what, what's your stance? Would they stay at uni, leave uni if that happened to you? I think it's hard to make 
absolute claims about that and, and generalizations. I think it depends on the case, uh, you know, who you are. The thing, I think what people forget about Ben Francis is that he built nine websites and four apps, four iPhone apps, I think, before Gymshark. And people, yeah. people talk about being a pizza delivery guy. They talk about how he kind of took the risk of dropping out of uni, but what people don't talk about is the fact that he went through those stages before. And some of those websites and apps, I think he said, were a little bit successful. Most of them flopped. Um, so he went through that as well. I guess for him, what he had with, with Gymshark is that it was built out of passion. It wasn't mm -hmm. built for any other reason than for passion. At the time, he was his audience. You know, he was the guy that he was trying to target with, with his clothes. So um, it was as much a passion as it was a business for him. So I think potentially it was not entirely a rational decision to drop out. There's probably a lot of emotion involved in that as well. Um, mm. I mean, more than happy for him that it paid off. It's been an incredible story. Um, but I don't think you can really make generalized claims about uni. You know, if, you, if you've got a business that's doing well and you see it as your future and you don't see how a degree is going to help you, by all means, drop it because you're kind of getting into debt for no reason. But I think until you've got that, um, I don't know, it's, it's a difficult one to call. Hmm. So coming a bit more now to the present of where you're currently at, I know you've recently left uni just a few months ago. How was that transition from being a business owner at uni and having that loan behind you to then being dropped off the face of the earth in terms of the financial side and now having to cover rent and all these other different things that the typical adult has to cover. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting because when I was at uni last year and starting my third year, I kind of said, okay, one more year until you've got responsibilities in the real world, you're going to have to pay rent, etc." I've got till September, 2020, basically to give it a shot. If it doesn't work, I may have to get a job and maybe build it part-time or whatever. Um, but I kind of knew I had that deadline of September this year. Um, COVID obviously hit in March, which as much as it's a, a horrible thing that's happened, it was kind of a blessing in disguise for me. Um, I kind of got the whole of summer term off uni when I would have been kind of revising for final year exams and probably allocating my time to that more than building a business, which wouldn't have been beneficial at all. So I had that period, I guess, of end of March, April, May, June, when I could kind of just throw everything at the business um, and saw a few results, you know, it was probably making just enough to kind of live off um, for the next year. Um, but then kind of July, August and August was when I launched Brandly. Um, that's when things kind of took a turn and, and started to grow a lot quicker. Um, so I think actually launching Brandly as, as a business and transitioning what I was offering because before the kind of the year leading up to now was coaching consulting for kind of early stage entrepreneurs, um, coach, other coaches, etc. I think when I transitioned that to a done for you service for, for CEOs, it was something I was a lot better at delivering. It was an audience I was better at targeting. It was a product that I could get behind or a service I could get behind a lot more. Uh, so I think once I made that change, that was probably the big thing um there was kind of a period of 
fear, I guess. And, and it was a little bit crazy in July and August when you're trying to get everything sorted. And then um, I was forced to move. Well, I wasn't forced to move, but made the decision to move out of home in September um, for football reasons outside of career. So at that stage, I was like, okay, this needs to be sustainable. I need to be able to pay rent, etc., look after myself. Um, but fortunately, across that kind of July, August, September time, everything, like, everything kind of aligned uh, and worked out, which I'm thankful for. Do you think that deadline of setting yourself September 2020, do you think that forced you to put in more work, have more productive hours as opposed to just wandering through your laptop? and forced you to move the business forward without like subconsciously yeah definitely and especially as i got closer to it and and had that time off in the summer to kind of devote everything to it it definitely pushed me towards towards working harder being more productive i guess but it also added a lot of stress um i guess part of it was probably ego as well you know thinking I would have I would have probably thought I was a bit of a failure and my ego would have taken a bit of a hit if I got to September and, and couldn't do it. Um which I think is is a natural thing, but something which probably control is perfectly acceptable for things not to work out, to fail, whatever. Um but I, the stress it added was was huge for sure. Uh, but yeah, I definitely think that helped in in kind of pushing me to kind of put in the extra hour I guess that I wouldn't have typically done. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've started to see a very similar shift myself in my own life. Something that I found really interesting that you did say was that COVID was a blessing in disguise. What makes you say that? And I'll, I'll tell you why just after you speak. Okay. Two things. Firstly was that I mentioned my, my exams. I was meant to have four third year exams in the summer, which would have taken March, April, May and June out, you know, revising, doing them. Um, which is four months, three, four months off the business, which was a hugely important time for me. Um, the other reason, so that's, that's a time reason. The other reason is that a lot of CEOs and founders have realized the importance of being online as a result of it. Um, there's an element of being in the right place at the right time, which I think there is with quite a lot of businesses, um, but definitely an element of that in terms of people realizing that personal branding is more important than before, that they need an online reputation. Um, so a lot of people have kind of been actively seeking out someone uh, to help them build that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. The reason I asked you that question, it seems like a lot of the people that had a kind of spark of entrepreneurship throughout lockdown and throughout COVID, and although obviously it's been tragic throughout the world, it seems like it's pulled entrepreneurs out and made them start businesses as an alternative solution to work due to being furloughed or due to not having a job and losing their jobs. So it's really interesting that you say it's been a blessing in disguise because it seems like those entrepreneurial people are the ones that are almost celebrating because it's really changed their life for the better, made them grow and made them become people that they didn't expect to be, but it's really benefited them. So that's why I found that really interesting that you said that. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting actually to see how many, because I think there's been more businesses set up this year than the past 10 or so years. 
like naturally that's going to happen if people are mm. stuck at home but it'll be interesting to see how many of those businesses are around in three years time yeah you're so right you're so right i mean even just through looking through my feed on linkedin i've seen people start businesses or change their businesses to suit the market and then their businesses have just boomed so mm. it's really nice to see as well especially after you've built relationships with these individuals for like a year or two and then all of a sudden yeah. Like you, you've seen all the hard work and then now it's like, boom, that they've got a business that employing people, they're getting offices, office space and all these different things. So it's always really nice to see. Yeah, and, and you, you feel good about them and you want to support them because they built their personal brand over the last year. Yeah. That's, that's so right. Point to another thing about the importance of doing it. Mm. So what, what, what does the future hold for you now? You're still young. You're, you've got your own flat, you're working on your company full-time. What's the next five years look for you? It's a huge question. Um, continue to grow the business is obviously the main thing. Um, next year, specifically, we'll have to take on a few people. I don't have visions of having you know offices in multiple different countries and 40 employees. That's not really, that wouldn't suit me. It's not necessarily what I want. Um, so I think whilst the team will stay relatively small, look to scale the business, um, work with doing a big, big push at the moment, actually over the next, well, right now and over the next year on working with, um, almost social brands, I'm going to call them, um, brands doing, doing good for the world, ethical mm. brands, um, looking to do a push at working with those kind of people. Cause I found that is a lot more, rewarding than just you know chucking out some posts about you know software and tech which you know is is great for the for the client and it works but you don't get the same reward from it i think uh, mm -hmm. on a personal level so so working with more of those kind of people um and yeah <laughs> expanding the business to work with some of the top ceos in the uk i think is is the main aim that's awesome. That's awesome. And it's going to be really interesting to follow your journey. So just as we bring this podcast to a close, what's one piece of advice that you would give your fellow entrepreneurs out there, the people that are looking to start a business at a similar age that you are, or just in their life? Tough one. Um, get the right balance of persistence and patience. What I mean by that is have the urgency to put in action now, but have the patience to realize that it might be five, 10 years down the line before you see the, the rewards from it. Damn, that's deep. I love it. <laughs> so where, where can people find you? Where's the best place to find you? This is yeah, best places, best place is LinkedIn. Um, down to connect on there with, with any of the listeners, just, you know, shoot me a connection request, mention that you listened and be happy to connect on there. And You've, of course, got a podcast. Do you want to plug that as well whilst you're here? <laughs> yes, hoping to release season two of In Conversation uh, in the next couple of weeks. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, there'll be links to it through my LinkedIn. So um, you can find pretty much, you can find that and pretty much everything else through there. Awesome. And I'll make sure that I include a link to your profile in the description to this podcast. Sam, nice one, thank mate. you so much for your time today. And I'll make sure that everyone follows your journey. And just thanks for being on the podcast. Pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me.
no worries. This has been chapter four, episode nine of the Building from the Bottom podcast with the guest, Sam Winsbury. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great week.